0: And welcome to TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of educators worldwide. I'm your host today, Melanie Gobert. I'd like to introduce you to our guest on tonight's TTELT podcast, Phil Callishaw. Phil is currently teaching at the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company Technical Academy, where he teaches vocational students. The title of his talk is The Meditative Approach. Pay attention, listen, and offer variety. What exactly do you mean by the meditative approach, Phil?
1: Well, first of all, thank you, Melanie, for having me here today. I have a little disclaimer just to say that I I haven't actually been teaching for a while uh, because I've been doing more um, LMS work lately where I work, but I have been teaching about eight or nine years. And um, what do I mean by it? I'll try not to talk too much about myself, but I feel like everything I do is connected to where I started. And what do I mean by that? Um, At 19, I did start to get involved into yoga and meditation, Tai Chi. Um, I started acting, I started singing. Um, I studied communications in college, radio and TV, even some improv comedy, and then I studied opera in graduate school. So those were very, I talk about these five to seven years uh, in my early 20s that were very uh, pivotal and uh, affected me a lot, affected me a lot. And so the things I learned then, I continue to carry into whatever I do presently. So um, when you asked, uh, what should I talk about or what would I like to talk about? I thought of sort of generic things and I took some notes on those things, um, some general items but really the thing that's most important, most important to my heart is relationships um, and uh, making connections and obviously being mindful and being aware of what it is that I'm doing and trying to do it the best way possible. So the meditative approach is really, it's like 24 seven for me. Um, I get up at four o'clock every morning, I go walking, I do yoga, I do a little bit of uh, meditation and chanting. And then I take that mindfulness, hopefully ideally, uh, into the rest of my day, into my relationships, into my teaching, into whatever it is that I'm doing. And um, for me, um, a word that's very important to me is balance. So I'm trying to always sort of be aware of what's happening inside of me, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, my internal could be sensations or what I like to call the movie that's usually going on in most of our minds, Um, as well as being aware of my students and what's happening um, outside of my body, so I'm I'm always sort of trying to balance that. And um, when I am teaching, actually, you invited me a couple of days ago, and then I was asked to sub uh, for a colleague of mine, so I was able to teach for two periods, which was nice. Uh, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is what it feels like," because it had been a long time because of COVID and everything. Um, I hadn't been in a classroom in a long time, so um, I don't know. I assume every teacher has a certain sort of, and experience to some degree, but as soon as I get into the classroom, I feel an energy. Uh, I feel a connection right away to the, to the students, or I don't. Sometimes I can feel not connected to them. And so I'm always trying to find out what's the obstacle between me and the students. Because to me, of course, people can learn in a very generic, just sort of, you know, spit out the information and people write down the notes or not. Um, and there's some learning that takes place, but. I find that for myself, I want it to be much more interactive, much more exciting, mostly because I want to enjoy what I'm doing um, all the time, but I really think that the students enjoy it um, more if you do it that way. So um, for example, the other day when I was subbing, we were going over prepositions of time, (laughs) not the most exciting thing. Um, The main three we were looking at were in, on, and at, there were some others that we looked at as well. And so um, I, I'll take sort of, I mean, improv comedy is going too too far, but I take that sort of creativity that I like to bring into each area of my life and I try to infuse it into the students as well. And so one of the, uh, see if I can remember, one of the sentences was something like, oh, he was supposed to meet her at 8.30. Well, it's just that one line, but I take it more forward and I say, okay, you know, let's create a story here, why? Why do you think um, he wasn't able to meet her at 8.30? What's the story? And it's it's fun. The students sort of don't expect it. And oh, okay. Um, so they start thinking, start being a little bit more creative, and they come up with some interesting options sometimes. Um, I'm very big. I wanted to be a news reporter <laughs> for the longest time, actually, too. So I love the W questions. You know, I'm always like, all right, pretend you're somewhere, and you're asking what, where, who, when, why, all these things. And... Um, I feel obviously again grammar is important, um, but because of my background again I didn't really formally study uh, education or my father was a teacher, but I didn't study that so I really came to it. um, Just with a curiosity, I would say, and um, so I think these questions, instead of looking at just the grammar itself I just ask a lot of questions well, who do you think this was. What was he doing? Why was he doing it? Where do you think he was when he did it or something? And um, yeah. And so I try to basically um, stimulate analytical or critical thinking within them because I want them, you know, I only have so much time with my students, and I want to help them to also be mindful, also to be aware, also to analyze text, also to be a little creative. And because I think it helps them to actually um, to learn the grammar points or the vocab, whatever it might be, um, that there's something uh, I remember hearing at some point that, you know, if you think about your memories, why do you remember some things and not other things? It's usually because there's some sort of a, an emotional component there, either it's a very negative or very positive event, and that's why you remember it. So if I can, I try to instill some sort of an emotion um, in, in any of the, the, uh, the grammar or the lessons that that I'm uh, teaching. Um, I was at a language center before this. And sometimes, I mean, not every day, but sometimes I would get there maybe at nine in the morning and leave at nine at night. And I had a lot of classes to teach. And uh, luckily where I taught, they were big on the communicative approach. Um, So I had to always just keep pushing myself to keep talking, keep communicating, keep listening uh, to the students. And keep bringing it back to them so that my teacher talk time was low, and that it was really just about them. Most people do like to talk about themselves. Um, We're all very busy these days, so you know people in fact it's kind of amazing sometimes maybe you've had this experience too. in private lessons, you know, people sometimes open up to you and even start sharing things with you. Um, So I always felt really honored to be in that position. and to to help them really achieve their goals I think I'm rambling a bit now so I'm going to stop
0: (laughs) (laughs) how you pay attention uh as a teacher to the students and you've also talked a little bit about what you mean by listening to the students yeah So one more question for you Mm. Uh, what are the different ways that you offer variety to the students
1: well um again at the language center where I was before it was very um the materials were very minimal. They were fine, but um, something that you know, sort of the um, what is it? The silver lining that happened with COVID is that we we started teaching from home. We started using online platforms, and I, this is when I think something sort of woke in, woke up inside of me, and uh, I got really excited about all the things that you know you can find online. Started using uh, Classkick and Nearpod and uh, quizzes and videos, and um, I started creating like. Uh, with Google Docs and different sort of um, escape rooms and things like that. Um, More videos, more stories. Again, more more drama, trying to make it a little bit more interesting, especially with the lower level. English, our students are on B1, that's the intention is that they'll pass the PET test. Um, But yeah, so um, again, not just presenting plain grammar, plain vocab. In fact, I just started seeing a show last night called the, I think The Last of Us on HBO yeah I'm pretty sure that's what it was and I was watching it and it starts off in an English uh, class and of course the teacher's like you know blah 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 do this what is this you know and they always show an English class and the students are so bored and I thought gosh you know I I don't ever want to teach a class like that I had a very nice English teacher in in, uh, ninth grade that um really helped me to get into like creative writing and whatnot, but anyway, so in terms of variety, obviously there are the eight multiple intelligences. Um, We have students that learn in different ways. Um, So I think if the whole environment of the classroom is really conducive for learning, there's a lot of stimulation. I also taught at Montessori. Uh, for a while, and that's all about uh, sensory stimulation. So really having an alive classroom, being alive myself, feeling like I've slept well and taking care of myself, um, so that I'm very present um, to model the language, present it, but then of course to listen to them um, and to really listen to them, um, you know, a little bit of intuition maybe even in there, not just to their words, but also their body language, their facial expressions. um, And sometimes that's I know where the magic can happen. Um,
0: Let me ask yeah. you one uh, follow-up question. Yes. we just about come to an end. Uh, what do you think is the key to motivating unmotivated students?
1: Whoa, I tell you, I've been chewing on that one for a while. Um, obviously, you know, there are uh, intrinsic and extrinsic uh, motivations for students. Uh, some people really want to learn English um, or anything for that matter, and so they're hungry. great when you get a student who's hungry to learn and motivated some people are sent there because of uh work or whatnot and uh, those are it's a little bit more difficult um i i think the only thing again is to just try to bring it back to the people uh the students try to find something that's interesting and relevant to them um because again if you you know, with my students, again, I'll pretty much talk about anything I'm, I'm very open, you know, I have to be careful sometimes because I'll talk about anything. Um, but yeah, if you, again, if you <clears throat> make them aware that it's not just about some, you know, grammar point in a book, but that it's about communication and it's about them really um, growing and expanding and opening their mind to, you know, there's a whole vast world, um, then they can start to get a little bit more excited and they feel like, oh, okay, I actually have a place here. Um, and it's, it's about me too. It's, you know, the, the teacher's authentically um, interested in me. Um, he's not just trying to get a paycheck or just, you know, check off a, a box or get his job done. He's actually interested in me. And then sometimes you'll see a little bit more light in their eyes and a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you so much, Phil, for joining us. And I'd like to thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with us. Thank you. Thank you
1: so much, Melanie. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Share with us how you are using these tips. Leave us a comment or voice message on social media or at TTELT.org. Thanks for joining this episode of TTELT, brought to you by Educators Worldwide. Follow, like, and subscribe to TTELT on your social media and try a new teaching tip today.